we're going um, to read Psalm 19 together. Um, I'm going to draw on verse 14, but I just think it's nice and healthy and honours God, really, to just saturate the word with scripture, yeah? So we're going to read Psalm 19. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. They speak without sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth. And their words to the end of the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making the wise simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servants and a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I think we've been through this psalm before and broken it down, but we're just talking about verse 14, really. We're talking about the power of words, okay? And this particular verse has been important to me for the past few years. It's one that you will have heard me talk about before. But it's been a constant for me over the years, the things that have happened, you know, with the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart... Be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now, David, who wrote the psalm, he wasn't saying this in a sort of a self-righteous way. He's not saying that the words of his mouth and the meditation of his heart are always pleasing to God. No, he wasn't. It was a prayer. It was a plea almost to God that they would be pleasing to him. And this follows a psalm which really <laughs> exalts the Lord and recognises the power and the glory of God and the nature of God. And it's a bit like Isaiah 6. We looked at Isaiah 6 a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, where Isaiah finds himself, he has this vision and he finds himself in the throne room of God before the Lord high and lifted up on the throne. Yeah, and he gets a glimpse of the true nature and the glory and the power of God. And what is his response? Well, first of all, 
woe is me, for I am undone. But then he says, in reverence and fear, I am a man of unclean lips, and I come from a people of unclean lips. And so Psalm 19, David follows a similar pattern. The first part of the first couple of verses is speaking of the glory and majesty of God in creation. Yeah? And then he speaks of the goodness of God and his ways and his commands and his laws. And then just like Isaiah returns to himself and says, how can I know all the sins in my heart? And he recognizes his position of unworthiness. And then, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. Draw in a particular focus on the words that come out of our mouths. And so that's what we're talking about this morning. And it's something that crops up a lot through scripture, something that we need to remember. What we say is important and has implications. Yeah? So what does the Bible say about words and how we should use them? Well, the first thing to say is that God has given us language. God has given us the gift of words, of language, of communication, which sets us apart from the rest of creation. Yeah? So I think that's the first thing to say. Animals communicate with each other after a fashion. You know, I'm sure you watch nature programs and... Uh, David Attenborough and stuff, and I'm sure I tell you that animals communicate with each other, you know, body language and mating calls and all this kind of stuff. And some animals are very intelligent. I don't know much about these things, but, you know, they reckon that elephants and dolphins can communicate with each other to an extent, yeah, through noises and various different ways. But of all of creation, God has given us words. We communicate through language. That massively sets us apart from creation. Clearly there is something special about it. Power of words is a unique and powerful gift from God, I would say. So God created us set apart and special. We know this. God gives us the gift of language. God used words in creation. Yeah? This gift that we have is powerful. God spoke creation into being, didn't he? The words that he used formed things and made things happen. Things that, <laughs> you read the first few verses of that psalm, things that go beyond our understanding. Yeah? With the outstretched fingertips of our scientific understanding and human experience, we are beginning to understand the fabric of our universe and how our bodies fit and function together. And God spoke, and there it was. Let there be, and it was. We can go further down this rabbit hole. We know that creation was formed by God's word. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and then the word becomes flesh. Yeah? The word becomes flesh. The word becomes human. The word lives and walks among us. 
He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. In John's vision, in Revelation, the glorified Jesus Christ, he sees Christ standing there, huge and terrifying and magnificent as he is, and out of his mouth comes a two-edged sword. Yeah? Hebrews 4 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Now, I don't claim to understand all this. I really don't. And I probably won't in this lifetime. (laughs) But what I draw out of this is, the earth was created by words. God refers to himself as the word. We're made in the image of God. We have been set apart from the rest of creation and been given the gift of words. Now, it seems to me that words are important. If words are the tools of God, we need to be more careful with how we use them. Words are powerful, yeah? Words can convey information, but they don't just, it's not just communication. Words can, words carry the power to create and the power to destroy Look back over history and you see that men have used words to rule and control people. Yeah, words can be used to build people up. Words can be used to give orders. Words can be used to build a reputation. Words can be used to attack people's reputation or credibility. Great nations can be undermined and brought down by the power of words. In our own lives, I'm sure we can think of examples of where words have been used to build relationships, destroy relationships, where you have used words to get your own way, to manipulate someone, or you have been manipulated by somebody else's words. The book of Proverbs is full of this. (laughs) A couple of examples. There's a lot to say about the tongue and about words. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the speech of the upright rescues them. The tongue has the power of life and death. Those who love it will eat its fruit. There are so many examples in Proverbs of warnings against gossip. Yeah, The words of wise people, the words of foolish people, and where they end up. Are we using words to build people up? Are we using words to create? Are we using words to bring people down? What motivates our words towards other people? Is it love? Is it self-interest? Do we think about the words that come out of our mouths? The Bible says that what is in our heart is what will come out of our mouths. Yeah? What is in our heart is what will come out of our mouths. So if we're worried about what's coming out of our mouths, maybe there's an issue upstream. (laughs) Maybe we should check what's going in. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus says, Consider carefully what you hear. 
with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Can we be careful what we hear? Can we be careful what we hear? I think we can. We can be careful what we hear. What do we fill our heads with? Yeah, what do we watch on TV? What, where do we go for our news? What kind of music do we listen to in our spare time? What kind of images and stuff do we fill our heads with? And can we expect good things to come out? Are my words full of bitterness or blessing? Complaints or compliments? Victory or defeat? God uses words as tools to create and to destroy. And so can we. Yeah, what we say is powerful. What we say can be used to build and create. Or to gossip and destroy. It matters what we say. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 12. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers. <laughs> How can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, or by your words you will be condemned. That's Jesus saying that. Jesus says we will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word we speak. Yeah? So what we say has consequences. It really has consequences. Our words can bring life and death in this life, but also eternally. Yeah? Words are so important. Jesus says we'll have to give an account of the things we say. Romans chapter 10. I'm sure I read this scripture every week. It's by our tongue that we confess our faith in Jesus, isn't it? We believe in Jesus for salvation. The Bible tells us to confess with our mouths. Yeah? Romans chapter 10 verse 8. What does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So again we see the power of the spoken word in our salvation. Okay, what about prayer? Talk about prayer for a minute. God's created us like him in his image. He's given us the tools of words and language, which are God's tools. So I believe there's a power in using them, in praying out loud. Yeah? Praying out loud. Now, we know that God knows our hearts. We said in the prayer meeting... God knows our hearts and our thoughts, and when we pray, 
says you don't need to babble and go on and the length of your prayer and the words that you say isn't really what's important the father knows what you need before you even ask him God's not deaf (laughs) you know we don't need to speak out loud to communicate with him but God has given us this powerful tool the spoken word powerful tool and there's a time and a place for praying out loud you see it in scripture it's a powerful thing I think of David in the Psalms he spent a lot of time doing this he says with my voice I cry out to the Lord he was an expressive guy anyway but in his times of desperation he cried out loud to God Jesus prayed out loud yeah Jesus cried out to the Father various times in the garden of Gethsemane didn't he yeah and on the cross he spoke out loud to the Father Sometimes we have to do that as well. It's not that God can't hear us. But there's power in words. There's power in declaring to God and to the people and spirits around us who our strength is. Yeah, we declare to principalities and powers and whatever situation we're facing that God is our strength and it's God's will that prevails. We should say something about speaking in tongues as well. Paul gives a really good section of teaching on how to use the gift of tongues in Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14. In chapter 14 he says, If I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. If I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Paul's not saying that speaking in tongues is a bad thing. He's not saying that praying in tongues is a bad thing. But what he does say is it's not always very helpful. Yeah, Paul says it's much more helpful in a church setting to give a message in words that people will understand. (laughs) Yeah, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. But unless someone is there who can interpret them, it's not going to mean anything to anyone else. He says in verse 19, in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Okay, one more thing. The power of speaking the name of Jesus. There is an amazing power in speaking the name of Jesus. Declaring that Jesus is Lord is a powerful thing. Yeah, Paul writes, this is Corinthians again, he says, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. To speak a curse is a real thing, and it's proper serious. So you must be careful what we say. Paul says that if we are saved and have God's Spirit in us, then we cannot curse Jesus. And on the other side of the coin, declaring that Jesus is Lord is a powerful thing and is a mark of God's Spirit in us as well. And so that can be used as a measure to test spirits that we're unsure of. We know that God formed creation by using words. 
Yeah? Jesus, during his life on earth, also demonstrated that he had power over creation with words as well. Yeah? He spoke to the storm, didn't he? He commanded the storm to calm, and it did. Do you know that we can also command creation? In the name of Jesus, Jesus says, if you have faith to speak to that mountain and command it to jump into the sea, then it will. Now, maybe that's meant figuratively or symbolically. I don't know. But it comes immediately after Jesus curses a tree and it dies. <laughs> you know, I hesitate to read verses like that in front of everyone. It's, it, sounds, it sounds crazy. You know, and it seems like it doesn't do our credibility any good quoting verses like that. But that's what Jesus said. I'm not making it up. It's what Jesus said. (laughs) We must be careful what we say. Words are very powerful. If words can be used as tools by God, then we must be careful how we use them. We must always strive to speak life rather than death. Blessings rather than curses. I remember this dawning on me when we first had Lydia. Or like when she first started becoming receptive, you know, communicating. So as a parent, obviously you have responsibility to lead your children and to teach them and impart wisdom and all this sort of big landmark stuff. But every single day... Your kids hear what you say. Yeah? They hear what you say to them. They hear how you talk to each other. They hear what you say about other people when they're not present. And that shapes and forms them. And that leaves a lasting impression. Ephesians 4 Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Yeah, with our tongue we can do damage if we're not careful. Another one from Proverbs, a wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. So, that's it. This morning, you know, we're here in church, we're, we worship God using the gift of language and the gift of words, you know, and we pray and we're hearing the word and that's fantastic. But what about when we leave this place? You know, what about this afternoon when, when the kids are running around crazy and you're trying to sort out dinner? Yeah, what about, you know, when you go to work tomorrow, when things are not going your way, when people are asking you difficult questions... When you're being challenged, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen.